Come along, everybody. The Bend starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Bend, the outdoor adventure show. We are going to share tales from the backcountry, some humorous stories, some crazy hacks, and a whole bunch of other really cool stuff. I am your host, Rebecca Warner, but you're all getting to know me as Beck. Camping, hiking, fishing, hunting. If it happens outdoors, we are going to share it with you right here on The Bend. A huge thank you to those who brought us today's show, Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV, Wolf Auctioneers, Mickey's Mustard, Downtown Threads, Ranch House Coffee, and Loeb's that's L-O-E-B-S, Loeb's Lake Oahe Guide Service. Get a hold of me anytime at 305-900-BEND, that is 305-900-2363, or drop me an email at bendradioshow at gmail.com. Riding Shotgun Wingman One More Time is my co-host and producer for the day, Jeff Tigger Earhart. I'm only laughing at you because... The, uh, y- you know, my normal intro and everybody wants to do that. And you tried, you tried, but you know, give a brother a break here or sister. <laughs> Maybe that's a little better. It's been, it's been a long day. Tigger, how have you been? Oh boy. Howdy. Glad to be back with you. Well, I'm glad to have you aboard. Episode, uh, three. You got it. Three. Quick question for you. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this weather. Have you uh, had any of your plans trips you're one of those outdoor guys like myself have you had any of your plans ever changed due to weather oh obviously i mean what which ones do you want you want blizzard you want tornado you want which weather anomaly would you like me to talk about that has changed my my plans well at least i know you understand because what's on the back of my mind is how mother nature has again reminded me this fall how she is in control i uh, myself is did some planning for an elk hunting trip. And if you know yourselves, elk hunting, depending on what state you're in, the state I was in, I had to apply for the lottery way back in March. So yes, there's been a lot of planning going on. Only to have in March, going fast forward to October. Have okay, you're talking about this last March. I'm sorry. This last March was when you applied for your... Expensive elk take. Okay, and then this October... October, you- like two days before, about to head out to the mountains. A blizzard blows in. Oh. And I could have prepared for everything under the sun. I think I even had MREs packed where I could eat off of one of them for four days. Because we talked about them last week. You got it. What do you know? Blizzard blows in, changes my plans. We're going to get into that another day. And no, I'm not going to let you know about how that elk hunt I absolutely went. I was fixing to ask went. you about that, but you put me in my place. Okay. So that brings me to another thing. <laughs> I me. did a little bit of looking online and decided to pull a quiz together for you regarding did weather. You, wait a minute. Did you say... Did you say you put a quiz together for moi? Yes, I pulled one out of your playbook. Boom, nicely done, Beck, nicely done. All right, get your hat on. You ready? Mm-hmm. Question number one. I can hear you flipping around on pages. So yeah, I'm, gonna... I'm sorry about right, that, everybody. Here. All right, now I'm ready. Question number one. Okay. What is the science of weather called? Geology, meteorology, astronomy, chemistry, or biology? Uh, meteorology. Good one. Mm-hmm. Question number two. What is the following? What? Sorry about that. Which of the following is a form of precipitation? Rain, snow, sleet, hail, all of the above. 
Uh, that would be all of the above. I'm two for that. two. Well, Nicely done. Number three. What type of clouds are low flat clouds that create overcast days? Cumulus clouds, cirrus clouds, stratus clouds, fog, or none of the above? Serious clouds or joking clouds? Ha <laughs> mm, ha! You got the first one okay. wrong. <laughs> no, uh, ser- they're, uh, uh, Oh, you're going to retract your statement? Well, I thought it was funny, but apparently not. Uh, no, cumulus clouds. Cum- cumulonimbus. Wrong so again. Can- Stratus clouds. Sorry. All right. Number four. What do we call a cloud that forms right on the surface of Earth? Cumulus clouds, cirrus clouds, stratus clouds, fog, or none of the above? Uh, that on Earth. Uh, cumul- I'm going to go with cumulus again. Clouds you know, that-, that form on the surface of the Earth. And the sur- uh, I'm not, uh, cumu- none of the uh, cumulus. Uh, mm, sorry, fog. I tried to help you out with that one. I wasn't paying attention. Number five. What do we call the boundary between two different air masses? Cumulus boundary, climate change, cloud edge, wind funnel, or weather front? Uh, I'm going to say front because they talk about cold fronts and warm fronts. Uh, weather front? Yes, you do listen to your weatherman. Kind of. Number six. I actually do wish, listen to my weatherman. Well, you're actually friends with your weatherman. I am very good friends with my weather guy. Okay, number six. What are the two main measurements used to describe wind? Pressure and temperature. Temperature and direction. Direction and speed. Speed and pressure. Or speed and temperature. Okay, I'm going to say the middle one, uh, direction and speed, I nice. believe was the middle one. Is that right? You got it. Boom. Nicely done. Well. You're reclaiming yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I might not have said that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm starting my own language. All right. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Sometimes a forest fire can be helpful to a forest by burning out undergrowth and enriching the soil. True or false? True. Absolutely true. Yes, that is true. Number eight. True or false again. All forest fires move slowly and will stop spreading when they reach a river or road. Uh, that is false. It would be nice if that was the case, but that is a that's Nicely a big done. Right nicely now. done. Number nine. Mm-hmm. What is the major cause of forest fires in the United States? Hey. Lightning. Sparks from falling rocks. Volcanic eruptions. Human activities or bears? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it uh, uh, which is the most uh, human activity? I'm going to say yes, right? yes, <laughs> nicely done. I'm impressed. Final question number yeah. ten: Will fire move faster going uphill or downhill? Downhill, uphill, flatland is the fastest, or the topography doesn't matter. I'm going to say. I'm going to say the topography doesn't matter. Sorry, it is uphill, but I give you cahoots because you know what? I think <laughs> you, you give me cahoots. I know, I'm sorry my own language, <laughs> you everybody. Give me, you give me cahoots every week for putting this thing together. Yeah. I do. You do a fabulous job, but you got 7 out of 10, so Ooh. I wouldn't complain about that. 70% that's a C for those of you that are in college. Is that right? 70% is a C? It was when I went to college. <laughs> No, you did a great job on that. And really, I, I just wanted to soften this next bend up that we're about to approach with this little quiz, because up next, we're moving into a very serious topic. Our special guest, he has been fighting wildfires since July. This is quite a story. Stick around. We'll be right back. 
Whether it is a dream rifle or one for the collection, Wolf Auctioneers has become my go-to for all firearm and collectible auctions. Wolf Auctioneers offers convenient online bidding and shipping across the United States to your favorite FFL dealer. Check out Wolf, that's W-O-L-F-F-F-F, wolfauctioneers.com, and follow them on Facebook. Wolf Auctioneers, I'm sold. This is Sean McCoy with Mickey's Mustard. If you're like me, you love your condiments. So, are you feeling hot and sassy? Digging something sweet and zesty? Mickey's Mustard has it all. Mickey's is 100% all-natural mustard sauce made with banana peppers. And get this, it's fat-free to boot. Shop at Mickey's. That's M-I-C-K-E-Y-S. Mickey'sMustard.com. Ain't nothing like it, and it's straight from the heart of Texas. I love this stuff. I ate the whole bottle in like two days. Welcome back, everyone. This last year has been hit hard in many places with wildfires, many of these fires lasting not days or weeks, but months. Beautiful landscapes forever changed, homes lost, and livelihoods affected. Joining us today is a man who has not only been fighting these fires over the last 30 years, but worked tirelessly this past fire season, traveling from California to Nevada to wherever need be leading a crew working to not only stop these fires, but protect wildlife and land, along with aiding those whom were in the path of the destruction. Our guest is Jason Jones. Jason, thank you for joining me on The Bend today. First off, Jason, thank you for your service. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit, how have you been involved in wildfire fighting over the years? I've been in the fire service now almost 30 years. I started with the local state agency, worked my way up to captain, left the state, went into the private sector. I'm still a captain. I handle running an engine. I'm also a training captain. I help uh, with the hiring. I kind of got irons in every fire right now, really. At the present time, how are the fires out west that you've been dealing with? How's it looking out there? Most fires are in the mop-up stage, which means firefighters are out putting out hot spots, doing repair from uh, dozer lines, anything that Got damaged, doing a ton of suppression repair out there. Wyoming, Colorado, California, Nevada, Oregon, Washington have gotten snow, some rain. So all fires are pretty much extinguished and almost have 100% containment on them. But this summer, that was not the case. You've been in action. You were in action for quite a while. How was your summer? Summer was very busy. Started uh, the first week in July until five days ago when I returned home from fighting fire in Colorado, Wyoming. I've been in California, Nevada, Colorado, Wyoming. Was pretty much where I spent my summer. Two weeks off in between, so very busy time, away from the family a lot. Just really, really a tough fire season, a hot fire season. We had fires late in the year in places like Arizona that didn't have monsoons, Nevada that did get early weather. Just Colorado and Wyoming, it was really late season because of how dry everything is. And we're still not getting a ton of weather. We got a little, but not a ton. So does the weather help quite a bit with, I'm assuming that having that moisture precipitation greatly makes a difference in how you guys are able to fight these fires? It, it does. We need, we need a lot more. We need, we need rain and snow 
all across the United States. There was, you know, even fires this year in, in places, New Jersey and New York, city of San Francisco near the airport, just places where you don't normally hear of a lot of fires. There were fires this year. Um, when it rains and we get snow, you know, that slows our fire season way down. Hopefully this year we won't be like years past and go into December and January and turn around and start in April and May. And we get a little longer break and so does the rest of the world. And this is my opinion. Some areas so mismanaged, it appears that when a fire occurs, it decimates the countryside. How do you feel about that? It really comes down to, again, your opinion, my opinion. Everybody's got an opinion, kind of like the election right now. There's a, a, a thousand opinions. Really, when it comes down to it, we need to go back to the old days where we did logging. There's more grazing. You know, we need those kind of things put in place. I'm not saying go out and clear cut. I'm saying go out, manage the forest, get rid of as much beetle kill as you can, limb up trees, clean up the ground litter, go out and allow there to be better grazing, more grazing. Little things like that can make such a big difference. You go to the other opinions, well, it's all just because of global warming. But the other part of it is is management of the forest, of the rangelands. Management of your own private property. Do your clearance. Limb up your trees. Clear out your brush. Clear out your garbage. Those things can help us stop a fire in its tracks. I am more familiar with prescribed burning, managing pasture land, range land, than I am, of course, with timber country, given I... My life has been primarily on the Great Plains. So kind of into what you were giving us some ideas already on how do we manage because fires are going to happen. We need to all work together and and come to a happy medium. Some people say no logging. Some people say no grazing. There is a little bit of logging, but not enough. There is enough grazing. We need to kind of all come together in this time and, and figure out where that, you know, that happy medium is to really, you know, allow us to do our jobs better. A lot of places in California, you know, we can't burn because the smoke impacts cities and neighborhoods and people don't want to smell the smoke, but then they don't want you to log. So there's just, I think there's a lot of misinformation and we need to all just sit down at the same table and say, how can we start getting there where we're not burning down cities and towns and losing lives? Civilian, firefighter, law enforcement, whoever, How do we save lives and property from wildfires? We've got to come to a happy medium where this is going to continue to happen. Have you, during your time working with the wildfires and fighting them, have you come across times though where you are starting to see that that collaboration between people with maybe their livelihoods that are being hurt with these fires? Have you seen some of these people coming to the table to work with the firefighters? We, uh, this summer, I, I think I've seen it more than ever. Well, I take that back. The last couple summers, I've seen it more than ever where in areas where it's not terribly, terribly dangerous, when working with the firefighters and the and the management teams, they're allowing groups, whether it's uh, your local rescue groups, animal control, whoever, cowboys, cowgirls, farmers, ranchers come into these areas and help their fellow rancher get all their cattle out. When fires are coming, you'll see us firefighters out there cutting fence, getting the livestock out, no matter if it's, you know, a 500 pound pig all the way up to your horses, your cattle, whatever it is, 
And then as the fire goes on and we see cattle in the burned areas and we see cattle out, the firefighters are going to uh, the representations on the fire who know the local ranchers and saying, hey, on road four, we saw 60 head of cattle. If it's safe, they get on the phone, they call 10, 20 of their friends, get volunteers, everybody shows up with horse trailers and they haul them out. Uh, we work side by side with, with a great bunch of cowboys up in Colorado and everybody just seemed to work together. And the unity was really nice and there was questions and, and, and people working together. Hey, how can we help in the future? And asking about land management and those things. And most of your ranchers and farmers get it because it's their livelihood. Getting all of us on the same page would help a lot is what it sounds like. Yeah, it, it would. If we could all just sit down and, and come up with a happy medium, because honestly, we're so far behind in, in vegetation management and, and we're seeing the consequences. We're burning down cities. We're burning down towns. We're really far behind and it's going to take a while to catch up. But if we all work together, catching up may not take as long as some people think. Jason Jones. Thank you for sharing about the wildfires and offering valuable insight on how we ourselves can take a step in aiding in the future of our great outdoors. Stick around. We will be back with more of The Bend right after this. To be known, you have to be seen. To be seen, you have to be noticed. Downtown Threads has us covered. They provide that upscale, stylish, noticeable custom embroidery design for premium clothing, apparel, and caps. They do it all for us. Downtown Threads Oklahoma has the graphic design team and knowledge to take your look to the next level and be seen. Call today, 580-237-7060, and follow on Facebook at Downtown Threads Oklahoma. Hashtag catch back if you can. Hey guys and gals, this is John Arman with Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV. Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV travels the back roads to the backwaters in pursuit of the ultimate adventure in hunting and fishing. Join Team UOA every week for exciting action in the crosshairs of the outdoors. Catch Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV on YouTube, Amazon Prime, and make sure to follow Team UOA on Facebook and Instagram to share in the ultimate outdoor adventure. Welcome back, everyone, to the final bend. Keeping with the fire theme we've been talking about, I have a really great trail hack that a friend introduced me to. Hey, Beck, can I chime in just for a little bit? Yeah, what's up? I received an email. Hey, which, by the way, since we're talking about emails, give out your email and your uh, contact number again, please. Bendradioshow at gmail.com. Or call me 24-7 at 305-900-BEND. That's 305-900-2363. We're going to get to your, you were going to have a hack. Was that right? Is that what was coming? Yes. I'm a producer. I should kind of know what's yes, going on. Yes, I have but, a hack. Okay. We'll get to that in just a little bit. I want to bring up email because I received an email. Not to, you're looking at me a little cross-eyed. No, I do not have the password <laughs> to your email that you just that you just mentioned. I got an email from a listener in response to last weekend's show when we were talking about the MREs, the meals ready to eat. Yes. Okay. okay. This is from a listener. They know you quite <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm I'm they, kinda good. They I'm a little worried. Quite now. Hell and I, quite well, excuse me, they know you quite well. And uh, this is what they said when Rebecca was a wee one, when she was little 
She what you liked sunflower seeds, correct? Yes. So what they <laughs> what they said you would do is you would take all of the sunflower seeds and you liked the ones that had like the dill uh, pickle salt and flavoring and you would put a whole handful of sunflower seeds in your mouth oh, and no. you would suck all of the salt off all of the flavoring and you spit every single sunflower seed back into the bag boom want to tell us about this a little bit back there the the host of the bend uh, all i know right now is i know who had to have told you that story mm. and i will be getting hold of them as soon as this show is over with there's a, did you do that did you, I mean, you're smiling. You did that. So what? You did this when you were like, what, 25 or something like that? Well, just put it this way. I still remember the family members look on their face when they dug their hand into the bag uh, and looked at my dad and said, Ron, these seeds are all wet. They're moist. You know, I'm, I'm going to not throw you under the bus so darn much because at we're going to get so off topic. Crew, we're going to get back to what we were in a little bit. I remember when I was a wee one, and since Christmas is coming up, I can tell the story, and you would go and you would sit on Sammy's lap, and then you would you would go over and you'd get a brown paper bag. Oh, yes. With, yes. Oh, you remember that. You'd get yes. a, a lot of you do, a brown paper bag, and it would be full of peanuts, which was okay because that's my favorite snack is peanuts, and there would be an orange in there and maybe like one or two of the peppermint candy. And always a red apple. It seemed like an orange and a red apple. Your, your Santa Claus is better than mine. I just have it. So- I would do the same thing as I would go, and I would suck the salt off the peanuts a lot of times and, and put them back in. But we have to have my mother, Joey, call in and confirm that. Sorry, I've dominated your time. What are we talking about, please? Rebecca, continue. Back on track, I have this great hack for starting a fire out on the trail. A friend of me put this It's up. called a lighter. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wow. I am in a mood. Okay, well, I'm talking about those times... Yes. When you have to light something with that lighter, and there's a lot of wind, maybe a little rain, moisture, something like that oh, in the air. Oh, you're talking about Tinder is where you're going, something Thank like that. Thank you. Okay. Now you're catching on. Right. You're catching on. So this friend of mine, what he did is we were out on the trail, and he said, hey, Beck, let's, let's set up a campfire. Let's get going here. And he pulled out this small straw that was probably, we'll say, like three inches long. Straw, you said? Yes, it was okay. a red plastic. Right. It looked like a straw. It was red plastic, and it was melted on the ends. And what he did is he took his knife off, out, and he cut off the end, and here he pulled out a little bit of cotton. And none to my wiser, I'll tell you in a minute how it was made, he pulled out his lighter, lit it, and I couldn't believe it. It just stayed lit. And it didn't matter that the wind was burning and blowing, I'm sorry, and everything, and it stayed lit. Well, here what I found out is he found his own way to make his tinder that would be waterproofed. And what he did is he took a large red straw, like say when you get from a gas station or, you know, Fast Dairy food Queen. restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. But funny is he used red. So we knew it was for fire. And then he took a cotton ball and soaked it in Vaseline or petroleum jelly, soaked it thoroughly through and then pulled it into that straw, which he cut into um, like I said, you know, it's probably three or four inches in length. And then he took his lighter while he was at home still and melted the ends. So now his cotton, it's soaked with something that is flammable and it's sealed inside of a hard plastic and made it waterproof. And you know what? It weighs nothing at all. I thought it was a genius idea. So if I'm understanding this correctly, you've got a little straw, you said a couple inches long, the ends were melted, kind of Yes. Sealed shut. That's what made it waterproof. Okay. And then you cut this in half, and inside is a cotton ball, 
infused, as I was saying, infused with uh, uh, petroleum jelly. You and got this it. was your tinder. Okay, so how long did this little bugger stay lit? I'm not quite sure. I mean, maybe like 30 seconds or more of that, of that. I'm not sure. It was long enough, though, where the kindling we had was able to ignite really easily out in the elements. And we were dealing with elements that had some wind. It just wasn't a really nice day. Very neat idea. Very neat idea. Thanks. All right. I have one more hack to share as well. All right. You're excited for this right here. Okay. Continue. I am. Okay. All right. So here was his other little trick he showed me after this one was, you know, those um, trick, what do you want to call it? Birthday candles that we all use that you never can blow out. Yeah. When we were kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here, he had that in his pocket as well. So if you've ever tried that, he lit that and showed me how no matter how much the wind blows, it comes back, it ignites right back up again, again and again and oh, again. Oh, neat idea. So if you have a little fire, if you have something, you can yes. keep it going yes. until you can, you the get kindling that, will You get that flame going, well, and voila, those trick candles come in handy eventually in our I'll lives. I'll be darned. So have you tried either one of these two hacks since, or this is just what you and one of your amigos when you were out hiking? Actually, I have tried it. I tried it getting ready for my elk hunt, but that's another story for around another bend. And now a huge thank you to everyone who sat in the blind with me today, my producer, Jeff Tigger Earhart, and our guest, Jason Jones, our partners, Wolf Auctioneers, Ranch House Coffee, Mickey's Mustard, Downtown Threads, Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV, and Loeb's Lake Oahe Guide Service. And finally, a big thanks to all of you listeners out there that came along with us. Keep up with me, Beck, all week long by following The Bend on Facebook and on Instagram at The Bend Show. This is Rebecca Warner, and remember to catch Beck, if you can, next week on The Bend. Before I turn you all loose, let me tell you about Loeb's Lake Oahe Fishing Guide Service. I know that was a mouthful. Let me say it one more time. Loeb's Lake Oahe Fishing Guide Service. The bite is on in South Dakota. Check out Loeb's Lake Oahe Fishing Guide Service on Facebook for year-round guiding and tips on extreme walleye fishing. Updates every week on what you need to know to land those keepers. That's Loeb's Lake Oahe Fishing Guide Service. I always have a great time when I'm there.